When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It is Wednesday, which means Andrew Gordy is with us. He seems to be a, a Wednesday regular, and he's joined today by a very experienced journalist in uh, Hamish Bidwell. And Hamish, I, uh, I'd like to start with some cricket this morning, uh, if I can. And wow, uh, getting uh, getting run chases seems to be quite easy these days. And every time you set a target for England, uh, you need to add more on. They're doing it with ease. This is a staggering run of form in the fourth innings, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's remarkable, but it, it takes me back, I think we've seen this before, it takes me back to 2014 and that sort of unusual test match New Zealand played in the UAE in the wake of Philip Hughes' death and the way Brendan McCullum as captain of New Zealand took fear out of the equation, um, the way he gave the guys a licence to just play with freedom and carried that through into that remarkable 2015 World Cup campaign. I think we've seen the blueprint, um, he's now uh, implemented that upon England and they're playing with a level of freedom and a level of positivity that um, I didn't think they were capable of, partly because in England it's a huge game, it's well-followed, big media presence, and so they've, they've tended to talk themselves to death, they've tended to analyse things too deeply, tended to make things more complicated, tended to clutter minds, and under McCallum, the minds are clear. The, 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 the game plan's obvious and they're really enjoying it and they're doing well. Staggeringly so. I mean, uh, Gord, this is... Uh Oh, I know it's a feather in the cap for, for Brendan. He's uh, staying out of the limelight. He's not doing much media, etc. And he's saying, listen, all, all I'm saying to the, these guys is, uh, you, know, you can do it. You're good enough to do it. Now just get out and, and, and prove it to yourselves rather than anyone else. It is, it's amazing to think the bar keeps going up and they keep clearing it. Yeah, morning, Smithy. Uh, morning, Hamish. Morning to the listeners. Um, and I just wonder, Smithy, whether particularly with the sport of cricket, whether that really is kind of 90% of coaching these days. It's almost more of a mental skills uh, role than it is a a technical job, if if, if that makes sense. You really are a motivator and a a leader of men, I suppose, or or women in in whatever case it may be, Um, because these players know what they're doing and they they get enough video analysis and they spend enough time in the nets. They're in control of their own their own game, I suppose. It's really a, a tactical and and mental um, job being being a coach of a cricket team these days. And Brendan absolutely has all the credentials to to do that to to the highest level. Um, I, I really think the interesting thing for me here is, and only we'll only know with the fullness of time. Um, but if England can sustain this, that that's going to be the interesting part. They're, they're clearly getting the new coach bounce at the moment, um, and they've knocked off you know New Zealand with relative ease, um, and then pulled off a, a fantastic victory over India as well. Now, we all know uh, that the, the acid test is going to come when the ashes come around. Now, can you just imagine if, if England managed to knock off Australia, we're going to be talking about Sir Brendan McCullum, aren't we? Yeah, we are. This time next year, we're certainly going to be looking at ben, Sir Ben Stokes. I mean, if you've got 
Sir yeah. Andrew Strauss. You've got uh, uh, Sir Alistair Cook in uh, recent times. Then certainly it's uh, we're looking down the barrel of a, a Sir Ben Stokes. Um, yeah, I, I, I know Brendan pretty well, Hamish, and uh, I, I wouldn't have thought he's going to be big at throwing balls to batsmen. I wouldn't think he's going to be big at hitting too many catches, etc. He's more likely, um, as Andrew Gordy has pointed out, to be walking around the group and dealing with uh, the top six inches. Is that the way you would see it with Brendan? Entirely. Um, as I sort of mentioned, there's a huge level of talk or chat that goes around the England cricket team. And so guys are forever feeling they're a failure or two away from being dropped. That's one of the consequences of having depth, I guess. You have a lot of people you can potentially bring in. And, and so the fear of failure is it looms large, particularly over batsmen. And I think we've seen England teams um, uncertain with the bat, uh, not really clear in their methods, frightened of failure. And when McCullum comes into a group, he takes the fear of failure away. He, he wants you to express yourself, to play your shots. And it, it all sounds really cliched and, and, they have, and what have you, but it actually works. If you can remove the fear of the consequence, if you can remove the fear of being dropped, you can actually play, you can actually do as they say, see ball, hit ball. And that's what McCullum's preaching, and that's why it works. It's not about throwing balls. It's not about video analysis. It's about how you feel in the head and how you're able to express your talent. Yeah, it's it's a remarkable um, way that he's found it, and uh, it's uh, proved uh, the, the the fact that it's proved so so successful so early. I think is the thing that uh, surprises me. Uh, Hamish, uh, what did you make uh, yesterday of the announcement from New Zealand Cricket, the Players Association, etc., the minor associations of this pay equity agreement uh, as such? Oh, you have to be for it. Um, but one of the things that comes with money is scrutiny, and the White Ferns have basically escaped scrutiny uh, in recent years. The World Cup was a bit of a watershed. Um, people actually saw it. It's funny being a cricket fan in New Zealand. New Zealand cricket is sort of hidden the game away on a niche streaming service. Um, you take the World Chess Champions, as we w- are still, um, and you hide them away, and you give them a guide on white ball cricket and meeting was test matches against also ran opponents. It's the same for the White Ferns. Um, they were on show on Sky. People actually saw the calibre of player. They actually saw their failings, and they were critical of them. And I don't think the team responded that well to it in terms of their performances, and I don't think they liked it. Um, so they're now going to be getting paid. Um, no one's going to be watching them play particularly, but with money becomes scrutiny, and I don't think that team is, is used to scrutiny. I don't know how they'll handle it. Um, we have to look after female athletes. We have to give them the opportunity to succeed, and, and money helps that. But if you don't actually see the team play, they're, they're kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I just wonder, Andrew Gordy, uh, what Amy Satterthwaite was thinking when she saw the fine print about the uh, the new uh, the new agreement. Yeah, no, it's a very, very good point there. Um, yeah, the timing of it is... Um, is uh, disappointing, I suppose, from from her perspective. And, and look, you just look at the numbers, the fact that some of these players could be doubling their salaries. I mean, this is a, this is a life-changing development, isn't it, for, for some of these players at least. Um, and as Hamish points out, yeah, you, you really think that uh, that's going to mean a, a change... In, in, in every aspect, I suppose, for, for these players. And it's essentially a message saying that, yep, there's more, there's more interest, there is more coverage of these, these players and, and, and this team, I suppose. Um, and with that does, does come more scrutiny, absolutely. I think um, perhaps the other thing that I, I really like about this move from New Zealand cricket is it instantly puts more pressure on other sports to follow suit. Um, 
you know, we had New Zealand. I'm pretty sure New Zealand football has already done this, um, which I don't know exactly what the fine, the fine print is there, but I do seem to recall New Zealand football making a similar announcement that essentially players, when they when they go overseas or on international duty, will get paid the same as, as what male players would. This is obviously different because we're talking we're talking contracts here, and this is their their bread and butter, I suppose, as opposed to footballers who who earn most of their money playing at club level. But it's going to be interesting to see, I suppose, how New Zealand rugby in particular would respond to, to this sort of move. Um, if, our, if our leading women's cricketers are being paid the same as the men, then does that mean that there is going to be pressure, I suppose, for them to at least explain why uh, women's rugby players are not being paid the same as the men? I mean, we know that there, there are two uh, completely different commercial um, realities, I suppose, um, for these two teams, but... You know, the, the heat's on there now, so and I, and I can't imagine it's going to go away until we see some meaningful change there. Well, I imagine uh, Rob Nicol, um, Hamish, would be working away at this. We might be behind the scenes. I, I know he and uh, Heath Mills get on pretty well, so um, they would have uh, perhaps compared notes about this, Hamish. But uh, you would imagine, because it wasn't that long ago, um, after the furor around the Black Ferns, that they contracted quite a few, but that was... Uh, I think more so towards the World Cup in terms of aiding their preparation as such, but there might be a little bit more, uh, I'd say, finality, uh, a bit more surety coming into the uh, perhaps the women's game as a result of uh, their cricketing sisters. Yeah, and as I say, positive. Um, the media, um, of which I'm part, we're all part, um, and organisations say all the right things about female sport, but they very rarely back them with actions. Um, we're all meant to have a great amount of respect for these people. We're all meant to uh, gather around and, and cheer for them. But when the rubber hits the road, there's very little support or money for uh, athletes. There's uh, coaches that don't fit the environments. There's um, mistreatment. Um, money is a help, but there are still a number of sort of cultural uh, things around female athletes and female teams that we're not getting right. Um, and... The, the, the worth of the person and the treatment of the person would be probably more important to me than, than actual money. Mm. Interesting. Uh, well, um, the uh, the gloss of the Warriors weekend wore off pretty quickly, uh, Andrew Gordy, with the announcement uh, this morning, the rumour yesterday, but the announcement this morning that uh, the Warriors have signed Shans and Nicole Kloksad. Clockstad, I should say, I better get used to saying that because uh, he's going to be an integral part of our team going forward. Uh, they have some interesting uh, hyphens in their sporting names. Is there more hyphens than there used to be? Put it that way. Uh, here's the thing. Um, the, the gloss has gone pretty quickly because uh, we don't want to lose Reese Walsh. We're going to lose him, particularly after he said he wanted to come. Yeah, and, and this is, I suppose, the, the thing that's going to be really tough for Warriors fans to swallow this morning is they, we heard, we, didn't we? And he said it in black and white that he's going to be coming to, to New Zealand next year and, and seeing out his contract. Um, but as has been revealed, obviously, in this press release this morning and, and certainly uh, the news um, got around pretty quickly uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon and last night, um, there has been a, a big change in Reese Walters' personal life. I understand he's, he's separated from the mother of his daughter and essentially they weren't going to be making the move over to New Zealand. So um, as has been sort of reported now, um, he's gone to the Warriors, he's asked for a release. And um, yeah, from what we gather, he was, he was basically asked where he wanted to go. Um, he wanted to go back to the Broncos and so he was allowed to negotiate with them. Now reports out of Australia this morning suggest that that's come as a a huge blow to the Dolphins, uh, who were prepared to offer him uh, a massive deal, a much, much bigger deal than 
by the sounds of things, what he's going to be getting at the Broncos. Um, but that was essentially the terms of, of this release, I suppose. You can negotiate with the Broncos and that's it. Um, so the Broncos are getting an absolute steal on this uh, for a you know, a guy who was on the fringe of an origin squad, they're getting him for uh, a roundabout, probably a wee bit more than what he was on at the Warriors. Um, but certainly, this is not a case of Reese Walsh saying, I want out and then going and cashing in somewhere else. That's, that's not what's happening here. And I think anyone who's looking at this situation from a, from a human point of view can understand uh, why this is happening, why this, is, why this has happened as much as it's a, a huge blow. And I suppose... The, the tough thing really here is it, it just adds another layer of complexity to what's already looking like a, a really shaky situation, I think, for the Warriors in terms of how that how they line up next year. Yes, you've got Charles Nickel-Foxer who comes in and, and I'm sure he will line up at fullback, but I think there were probably even some Warriors fans who were perhaps wondering whether Reese Walsh might make a move into the halves next year. They, they are light there and there is still, as much as he obviously had a good... Uh, day out, obviously, against the, the Tigers last weekend. There are still question marks over Sean Johnson's future. And if, for whatever reason, it comes to that, and, and Sean is not at the club next season, uh, it looks like the Warriors are extremely light in, in when it comes to halves options. So, um, yeah, there's still plenty of work to do for, for Cameron George. But, uh, yeah, certainly in terms of the news of Reese Walsh going, it is, it is disappointing, but I think understandable. Hamish, what is a contract these days? What 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 does it what does it mean? I mean, uh, it just seems if I look at um, Matt Lodge in particular, um, just staying with the Warriors, the theme, of course. What what is a contract? Well, the Warriors have been worth nothing since Roger Tuivasa-Shek as captain was allowed to go mid-season last year. Um, that set the precedent, followed by people like Lodge and Matt, uh, Nathan Brown, and now. Uh, Reese Walsh. Walsh isn't a loss to me. Walsh is a is a mercurial player. I think his best days are great day, but I don't know that you're going to get it. You know, more than once or twice out, out of ten games. So, I guess in his mind, he thinks he's an elite player. I mean, I get his personal circumstances, but I, I think he probably regards himself as an elite player, and he wants to go to a, a better environment. I think his departure further cements uh, the Warriors situation as the sort of club of last resort. Um, I think we're about to see that with the chances of Andrew Webster, who's you know just a middling assistant coach, a couple of stints at the Tigers, a stint here at the Warriors, now just recently joined the Penrith staff. Like he's he's not a game changer. He doesn't. He's not going to um, do anything remarkable out of the Warriors, and so they're a club that no one wants to go to, and that's that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, it is. It's. Um it's quite strange, and it seems to be a story, well, at least one a week uh, at the moment, the contractual side of things with the Warriors. I'm not sure uh, how I'd feel if I was Cameron George going to sleep every night, but never mind. Uh, here we go. We'll move across to uh, the All Blacks gentlemen, if we can. I'll start with the, you, Andrew. Sam Whitelock confirmed is out with delayed onset concussion. Patrick Tuopolotu brought in completely out of the blue. Uh, and the other issue, of course, uh, Stuart Barnes saying Sam Kane isn't good enough for the All Blacks. I would have thought Stuart Barnes could have tidied up his own backyard at the moment. Yeah, I really couldn't give to um, you know what I'm about to say about what uh, <laughs> what Stuart really thinks about Sam Kane. Um, and I think, honestly, Smithy, I just I just kind of laugh these days. I mean, we us Kiwis and, and the media are very much to blame with this and so I have to have to put that out there but what is it about the New Zealand media and the New Zealand psyche that we just love putting it out there what these British 
uh, journos think about our rugby players and our rugby team. Like, I just couldn't care less. Like, now, d- does that mean say that I disagree completely with what he said? No, but it's certainly not going to shape my opinion, and and it shouldn't really shape the opinion of of any rugby fan in New Zealand. I mean, I think Sam Kane's a, a very good player, but there is no question about it. He he is under pressure. He is under pressure. He's he's the captain of a team. Uh, playing in a position where I think there are legitimate question marks over whether he is the best person to be filling that jersey. I mean, I think the form of Dalton Papali'i this year has been uh, extremely hard to ignore. And and I think especially you, you can't make the case, for example, that his leadership is so strong and so important to that team uh, that he is, a, he is a must-have player despite you know, what, uh, what his, his performance may be like. I think Sam Kane's a very good player, and I'm not for a second suggesting that he should be dropped or he's not good enough to be an all-black. That's just, that's just rubbish. But, yeah, there is, there is some, I don't know, some sense to what he's saying. But, yeah, like I say, I'm not going to let it shape my opinion for, for, for a second. Mm. OK, uh, Hamish, uh, I'll give you a, a crack at that if you like. And um, are you expecting a, a Sam Whitelock out? Would you say it's just... Straight change for Patrick Tuapolotu in and leave Scott Barrett on the side or Barrett into lock, you reckon? I'd, I'd probably think Barrett to lock. Uh, I think they'd probably want to have a look at a Kiri Yuan if he's fit to play. Uh, well, he's not my favourite player, but um, he's clearly rated in that environment. The White Lock thing's interesting. He is, to me, the out-and-out leader of that team. I think he's probably just about the best player as well. Um, so he's a big absence, but I've sort of... I don't know. I've been really critical of, of Ian Foster in recent times, um, partly because I was hoping for change. I don't think we're going to get change. Um, so I think we just might as well just get on with it. You know, I thought they won reasonably well last week, and you have to commend them for it. Um, we haven't quite gone down the football route of international friendlies, but we're, we're kind of on the way with rugby. The World Cup is, is so important. It looms so large. So with guys like Whitelock, like a person like Whitelock out with his immense leadership and immense playing ability, I think it's good. I think we're at a period in the World Cup cycle where... I don't think the results are that important. I think it's about developing players, about giving guys game play, uh, game time and developing uh, combinations. I think that's more important. The Kane thing, to go to Andrew's comments, um, I'm surprised they went all in on him. And I think they've had chances to sort of review that decision. And they've obviously seen a lot in Kane as a player and a leader. And that, let's face it, they, they're armed with all the information. We're on the outside. And also they have self-interest at heart, like it's, it's in their best interest to win and win well and pick the right team, so if they see that in Kane they must believe it's really there and what we think is, is, is immaterial I mean I, I'm happy if the All Blacks lose in, in the next couple of years because I think it helps their development I think this is where we're at in the cycle and I think without getting too pomp on me about it, I think let's just get behind them and praise them when they do well and then see what happens yeah, I think uh, you, you've you've got the probably got the right attitude there, Hamish, uh, on that score. It is it is what it is. It is the future. Sam Kane stays fit. Sam Kane is our captain for the World Cup. It's as simple as that. Uh, unless we have a horrendous run of losses, and I don't think we are, are going to, because the quality of the side, the quality of the depth of the side, is very very apparent. And uh, I still back us to beat most sides, particularly on New Zealand soil. I know the World Cups in France, but uh, I, I, I don't think we'll get beaten very often at home between now and the World Cup. And there aren't that many opportunities to lose between now and then anyway. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is, Sam Kane, and Foster, it's your World Cup for us to win. Good luck. It's 10.22. Hamish Bidwell and Andrew Gordy have been the panellists this morning. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. We'll have another panel tomorrow morning. 
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.